What is meat? Um, I don't know. What do you think it is? It is meat. <laughs> and what is a vegetarian? Um, it takes care of animals. Yes, kind of. <laughs> you don't know what meat is? No. Welcome to the Story Attic. I'm your host, Lisa Ellis. On this podcast, we help others share their stories. Personal stories of love, despair, happiness, intrigue, adventure, and more. Often surprising, sometimes funny, sometimes sad, occasionally puzzling, rarely dull, and regularly tantalizing. Join us as we step into the Story Attic. If you enjoy our show or would like to be a guest telling your story... Please drop us a line at thestoryatticpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at hashtag thestoryatic, where you will also find podcast extras like photos of our guests, giveaways, and more. Enjoy the show. I can say exactly where who I've been to the brink and back again. I've reached the end to begin. Through the glass, the future's clear Beyond the doubts, in spite of fears Pushing past all the tears Breathing in the days and years It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind To live the dreams are stored away In the attic of my mind I'm working diligently on producing a few new stories. I thought I would share a little tale about myself. And in this and future episodes, I'll be revealing little nuggets about me and things I've done. Candidly, I'm hoping that by sharing openly with you, that you might see the value in doing the same and reach out to me to tell me your stories. So for now, listen in, and later, hit me up at thestoryatticpod at gmail.com. You can just say hi, or you can pitch me a story, and we can chat. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This episode contains adult language, sarcasm, and at least one too many idioms. Last week, I bought a half pound of grass-fed beef from Whole Foods. When I unpacked it from the bag, I handled it with a pincer grip in one hand, extended my arm all the way out from my body, opened up the fridge, and placed it on the bottom shelf. A couple hours later, after finding several dozen inane tasks to distract me from the dreaded one, I headed back to the fridge and with the same pincer grip, picked up the beef packet and placed it on the counter. I opened it slowly and carefully, talking at the packet. It'll be okay, I said. I can do this. My eyes were wet and my hands were clammy. I stared at the much too large chunks of beef in front of me. I put the meat in my well-greased pot and I watched it go from red and white to gray to brownish. You might be thinking, wow, she's pretty fucking dramatic. Like, I mean, who talks to meat and cries during food prep when they aren't chopping onions? But my handling of this matter was not without its basis. About 26 years ago, almost exactly, I decided to give up eating meat. Not just red meat, all the meats. 
bacon, meatballs, charboiled steak, chicken cordon bleu, ham, lamb, thank you, ma'am. Some people start with meatless Mondays, but I went cold turkey, which both surprised and disappointed many, if not most, of the people around me. More on that in a sec. For some perspective, as a kid and even into adulthood, I was the kind of undiscriminating carnivore that ate meat without question and enjoyed every finger-licking bite. Ribs, gyros, nuggets, tenderloins, wings, cutlets, and so on and so on. When I was a poor college student, there was a point at which I can recall eating McDonald's $2 meals daily, sometimes twice daily. That is $2 for two burgers, french fries, and a soda. Gross. Okay, back to the cold turkey. The last day that I consciously selected to eat meat, I'd gone to a greasy spoon where I'd had a fried lunch platter with some sort of fried chicken sandwich accompanied by a side of fries. And I don't remember, but I'll pretend I downed it with a root beer, which seems probable given my dietary choices back then. I'll also pretend that I left a few fries on the plate and ripped off some of the bread from the sandwich because somehow this would seem like I was a person who was making healthy choices. As I see the irony. I walked out of the restaurant that day and ducked into a small used bookstore in the same shopping center. It was there that I found a book called Animal Liberation. Perhaps you can guess it wasn't light reading based on the title alone. I can't remember now if I was looking for this specific book or just happened upon it. But just a couple pages in, and I'd already made up my mind. The book is written by Peter Singer and was widely known for popularizing the word speciesism, which essentially posits that humans see themselves as more important than other species and therefore discriminate against them. It also suggests that instead, humans should protect the interests of animals because rights of protection should not be something exclusive to humans, that animals do suffer and they cannot speak for themselves. I'll pause here to say that this episode is definitely not intended to spark any kind of moral nor philosophical debate about meat-eating, not its rightness or wrongness, nor vegetarianism or its rightness or wrongness. It's not about the merits of conservationism, environmental impacts, hunting, or anything political. It's a story about me, my life, and my choices. I truly respect that every individual walks their own path. Okay, back to my story. In addition to my newly acquired knowledge about factory farms and slaughterhouses, I had had a few other revelatory moments that solidified my decision to continue forward eliminating meat from my diet. First, in the handful of years leading up to that decision, I'd been having some pretty horrible gastrointestinal problems that brought me writhing in pain to the emergency room numerous times, and which never did yield any diagnoses, even after the barrage of tests that were done. I found that reducing the amount of dairy products in my diet gave me some relief. It's worth noting that when I stopped eating meat altogether, this mystery illness disappeared and never returned. Second, I had always considered myself an animal person, and I don't just mean I had a dog growing up, which I did. I loved to listen and watch birds and had several as pets over the years. I'd felt a strange kinship with deer, cows, pigs, and oddly, even insects. In that moment, I just thought, how can I go forward eating these animals that I claim to care so much about, knowing about the awful conditions of factory farms? So for me, it was a no-brainer, and I quit. I figured this would not be hard for me, and it really wasn't. I'd already had some practice, after all. 
Years earlier, I'd given up eating veal after my high school English teacher revealed how the cows were raised. See what I did there? A few years after that, I gave up wings because I simply didn't like gnawing on bones to get one satisfying bite of meat. And somewhere around that time, I ended up giving up all the dishes where meat was served on a bone. So giving up the rest? No big deal. Third, I went into this drastic shift with an out clause that allowed myself permission to change my mind if I could find and afford alternate meat sources that I felt were more humane or ethical, if and when I chose to. Though to this date, even though I can afford to, I have not. In hindsight, the thing I found most challenging and surprising were the severe and disapproving reactions of those around me. While some were supportive, many a friend, family member, and coworker made a lot of noise around this matter. Mind you, I made this decision privately and personally. There was no social media then, no podcast, and I was not on a crusade to convert others to stop eating meat. And I never attempted to sway people or shame them out of their own eating choices. In fact, that I can recall, I wouldn't even discuss the matter until or unless someone specifically asked why I stopped eating meat and insisted on knowing more. I shared many a dining table with people eating all kinds of meat and never gave a sideways glance or judgmental glare. But for years, I mean years, at a minimum, people would cock their heads quizzically or give an unapproving, hmm, when I refrained from eating a specific dish or asked the server for a vegetarian option. At the extreme end, there was the combativeness and disdain by someone intent on informing me how humans are meant to eat meat, and essentially that I was going to wither away and die, because how in the world would I get enough protein? But more commonly, the mid-range response was how inconvenient my eating habits now were to those around me. And very few had any problem at all letting me know. Frequently, people would just say, but what are you going to eat when we go out? This rules out so many restaurants for us. Or, I'm making beef stew with vegetables. I can pick the beef out, or you can. I could hardly believe how off-putting my choice was to others, in spite of my quite literally never having requested any special accommodation. When going to parties or gathering, I most often brought a vegetarian just to share. And in fact, I went along to steakhouses, Brazilian barbecues, pig roasts, etc., and just ate whatever was on the table that wasn't meat. By some of the responses, you'd think I'd been forcing other people to make a change in their own diets. There were times I'd wanted to slap someone silly, but I guess I was just too chicken. It took a minute, but I figured out that these responses were about others' own feelings and not about my choice. If a t-shirt with a picture of a dog and a cow that says, why love one and eat the other, triggers an angry response in a person, that is work the angry individual must do to figure out why. Maybe it's like the reaction I have when I see someone wearing a shirt for the band Creed. Probably not. After a few years, people seem to adjust. It helps that as time has gone on, it's become the norm to have at least one vegetarian in every group. It is estimated that as much as 14% of the world's population is vegetarian of some kind, and not only does every restaurant have amazing offerings, there are innumerable gourmet restaurants that are very veg-forward. Over the years, I've meandered in and out of all the types of vegetarianism, including eating fish sometimes, making me a pescatarian. 
I eat vegetables I previously did not even know existed, and I enjoy foods, spices, and herbs from around the globe. I certainly have not withered away, and I'd say there's a pretty good chance I'm more fit and healthy now than I was when I was 30. Overall, I know I've made the right decision for my mental and physical well-being. In any event, the story about the path that I embarked on many years ago has recently been turned upside down and has caused a lot of deep emotions to come to the surface for me. Which leads me to those beef cubes. When my son's doctor recently confirmed what we'd suspected, that he has developmental delays, my mind and emotions swirled around and around with questions and fears. This little boy, my little boy, who is the most amazingly sweet, affectionate, jubilant little boy, just isn't talking. Not really at all. Now, he's not quite three years old yet, and many have said supportive things like, all kids are different, or boys tend to speak later, and more. For him, he reached all of the milestones quite a bit later than average, sitting up, rolling over, crawling, walking, etc., At the time, we weren't overly concerned with it, and instead just loved him and encouraged him. But my inner voice continued to wonder when or if he was going to catch up, and why at two, and then two and a half, he hadn't even said mama or dada. In contrast, our daughter talked her own way out of the birth canal, and she is currently preparing a political speech. Just kidding, she's only four, but you get the point. Just before he was two, we began early intervention services for him. He's made a little progress, and he now knows a couple of signs. His gross motor skills are good, yet he still hasn't spoken and only makes a couple of sounds. Lately, I just want to hold him every time he cries in frustration that he wants or needs something but cannot articulate specifically what. He's got such a calm temperament overall that when he's upset, it's like a lion's roar. So we did what parents do. We look to the experts, and the experts agree that he's going to need a little extra so I went to work trying to secure any and all resources to help him in any way I could. In my searching, I heard from a friend in my group of mama warriors, a fierce group of ladies who live day-to-day caring for their kids in highly effective, if sometimes unconventional, ways. This friend texted me about a special diet that works to heal the gut in order to help people with a variety of neurological and psychological conditions. The book is called Gut and Psychology Syndrome, and is by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I bought it on Amazon right then, and when it arrived a couple days later, by just a few pages in, I knew I was going to be in for quite a ride. I won't be delving into the details of the book, but for the purposes of explaining the meat thing, here's the gist. Essentially, the doctor believes, as many do, that all diseases begin in the gut. She and others discovered that people presenting with a wide variety of conditions also suffer terribly from leaky gut syndrome. And so a nutritional protocol was specifically created to heal the gut and requires the following. Bone broth, raw dairy, fermented vegetables, bone broth, tallow, egg yolks, organ meats, and did I mention bone broth? Also, no gluten, no grains, no refined sugar. This was a lot to digest. Nonetheless, I made the decision to commit to this regimen for my son, even if it was going to be difficult and painful for me to make such a change. If it was best for him, it was going to be the only choice I could make. 
To make things easier on me emotionally, I thought if I could find a humane, peaceful resource to buy meat and raw dairy, that I would feel better about it. Thankfully, I was quickly pointed in the direction of a wonderful Amish farm, where I knew that at a minimum the animals were raised in their pastures, living a quiet, healthy life in the sun, until they're not. It hasn't been the smoothest transition for my little guy. That boy can eat, and I feel like he's hungry and ready to pig out all day long. Though he'd been eating a nutritious diet previously, I know he's missing snacky things, breads, pasta, rice. If someone in our house wants to eat a sandwich, if they expect to do so without a screeching child reaching his hand out to grab it like Carrie from the grave, they better hide under the table. But here's the validating part. Within days of making these changes, my boy said his first real word with intention. I said, ready, set, and his perfect little voice uttered, go, over and over again. He's getting better at using his signs, and I'm not sure that I can directly attribute this achievement to the change, but I'm going to go ahead and believe that it is, maybe because I have to. As for me, I have no intentions of adopting this diet for myself. Though if I do, I can assure you that I would make that decision as privately and personally as I made the first decision 26 years ago. Although I am certain that would make it open season for those who doubted my choice to begin with. I will end my story like this. I've always had a strong dislike for labels, yet we live in a society which insists upon placing them and thereby cornering people into a role. Liberal, conservative, gay, straight, strong-willed, bitchy, difficult, happy-go-lucky, people-pleasing, married, divorced, boring, disabled, Christian, Muslim, and yes, vegetarian, and on and on and on. But I am going to insist, heretofore, on not allowing people to place a label on me, and I will not conform to adhering to whatever parameters are thrust upon me if someone else has chosen to label me. I hope this may inspire others to do the same. I am a whole person, evolving and changing as we all are. And so for today, I'm a mom who's on a quest to do whatever I can for my kids. Tomorrow, who knows? Okay, ready? Set? Good job! Thank you for listening to The Story Attic. If you're enjoying our show, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, hashtag the story attic. If you're not enjoying our show, don't tell us all. Catch you next time. And until then, remember to be kind, be real, lean in and be fearless. Sometimes when I think back on every little thing I can say exactly where I've been To the brink and back again I've reached the end to begin Through the glass the future's clear Beyond the doubts in spite of fears Pushing past all the tears Breathing in the days and years It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind To live the dreams of start away